Hi, this is Louis Canio. Welcome to the Doctor and Dad podcast. This fast-paced weekly podcast delves into the latest scientific findings on how we can all live longer and better lives. I'm the dad, and my daughter, Nicole, is a family medicine doc who trained at the renowned Cleveland Clinic. We hope you enjoy this short, informative show, and please be sure to visit thedoctorandad.com. Uh, and by the way, the doctor is abbreviated in that. So it's T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for the show notes um, and other resources to help you learn about extending your health span. Within the notes, you'll find links to a bunch of stuff we discussed. So be sure to check it out. And thanks for listening. Hi, doctor. Hi, dad. So I guess we have to admit we, we've been on somewhat of a summer vacation or summer break from our from our <laughs> podcast um i think this is the first time we've done a new one in maybe six weeks or so yeah could, could be but could... i wouldn't say we're actually on a it's not like it's been a relaxing break no we've, so you're saying we've got a good excuse for for being negligent a couple excuses <laughs> yeah yeah some vacation time throw thrown in there um, bunch of other, bunch of other work stuff thrown in there, but, um, but Hey, we're back. So yes. that's the, that's the good news. And, and today's, um, topic is, uh, the weakest link. And, um, so bef- before we get into maybe some of the meat of it, and it, this will be a little bit different than, um, some of our, our usual format where we kind of zone in on uh, a recent scientific study. Uh, we're not going to, we're not going to look at any specific scientific study, but talk uh, kind of in general and maybe use some more common sense um, kind of uh, logic than, than scientific uh, discovery. Um, but, but, you know, I, I thought maybe a good place to start before we get into the, the meat of it um, is, is to talk about what may have been, uh, well, and any updates from your perspective on what probably was our country's uh, weakest link, which was pandemic preparedness. So uh, what, what are you seeing um, around COVID-19 um, in the uh, in your practice? Um, you know, we are not seeing I guess we're kind of seeing a little bit more of an uptick again um, in Nebraska in the Midwest in general, outside of large cities in the Midwest, um, it's not in your face. You know, I think the comparison on the other extreme would be like New York City when they were at their peak where, you know, you couldn't get away from it. Right. Um, What and I don't work in the hospital setting. So in the hospital, people are you know, there are people being admitted, but we're no you know, certainly not at any kind of capacity. Um, And then from the outpatient perspective, what I've been seeing most in the last like month or six weeks is catch up like physicals. Like, so all those people who like didn't come in for two months, right? um, it's all like wellness exams and all those people we were just giving refills to without making them come in, you know, but now they have to come in. Um, That's a lot of what we're seeing, but schools just open back up, you know, and um, usually around this time every year, I see an uptick in kids coming in with sore throats and, you know, not feeling well, like upper respiratory, little things, nothing significant. It's not quite flu season yet. Um, but just like, you know, 
one person gets strep throat, they're going to spread it around their school to, you know, a handful of other people. Right. So that is a, you can definitely, you definitely kind of know when school's back because of that kind of stuff. So it doesn't make sense to think that COVID would, would be any different um, because it's spread just as easily, if not easier. So and it's still percolating in the general population. Right. So exactly. So I suspect in the next few weeks, and again, it's like at that, you know, two to 14 day incubation period before you feel symptoms. And, um, you know, so unlike the flu where you come in contact with somebody and it's usually like one to three days that you become symptomatic, um, it takes a little bit longer. So I think in the next few weeks and the next few months, once influenza hits, it's going to be, it'll be busier with, you know, infections and that sort of thing. I think schools will probably shut down um, if they're if the ones that are open, at least they'll go down to virtual again. And is it like- in, in Nebraska or at least in Omaha where you are, are the schools open full time or is it a, a part time? In Omaha, I've private schools are all, I think, open full time. And then um, there's a school district that was doing 100 percent in the school. And now they're doing the option. So you can either opt all the way in or all the way virtual. And there's another district that's doing the block system where you go two days, like half the alphabet goes two days, half the alphabet goes the other two days. Um, And there's another district that's back to school, you know, full time. So no one's completely virtual and there's, but there's any mix in between. In between. Yeah. I think that's the way it is in, in North Carolina too. Um, at this point, but, but, and and they're definitely starting to see spikes in cases in colleges, obviously that are are reopening, um, you know, uh, Tess is in Wilmington and her, um, her, her school hasn't changed. Most of her classes are, are, uh, virtual. The labs are all, you know, in person, um, and they haven't done, uh, because she's at Wilmington, they haven't done what they did at Chapel Hill and I think someplace else, maybe, maybe um, state where they, um, where they had to go all virtual and um, send the kids off campus, except I think I, I saw like, if you were an athlete or some other class of international student, you, you could stay. Yep. Yep. So, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And It'll, this is all new. This is new, you know, so like I said to people um, while school, well, you know, everyone was kind of frustrated with not knowing what the schools were going to do they're wrong no matter what they choose so you open completely you're going to have COVID outbreaks people are going to be mad that you opened you stay closed you're going to have a area that doesn't have a lot of as much COVID they're going to think you could have been opened and all the parents are going to wish that you had opened (laughs) right you're yeah you're you're, you lose-lose scenario so when when um it, it it also will be interesting to see how our health system responds to kind of the double whammy of COVID plus uh, a flu season as, as it right. comes up. So when does, when does flu season typically start to rear its head? Is it more like November, December? Um, really the peak of flu season, I, I think is more like January, February. Yeah. Um, but we start giving flu shots usually September, October. We try to get people vaccinated at that time. I kind of recommend maybe October because you want it to last, you know, through the full flu season, which I, I was, I mean, I think I had positive flu patients in April. Sometimes you can even see them in May, 
Um, and we've already seen some positive flus now, but that's just a, a little bit, you know, that kind of yeah. in the background. Early um, stuff, yeah. But it depends. Sometimes it hits like in December, January. Sometimes it's more like January, February. Um, but I think that it will be, I think in general, there'll be a lot more respiratory infections just because we're going to be dealing with um, COVID plus influenza. So you've got two different viruses, but I think that we will see a much lower prevalence of influenza than past years, because in past years, no one has, no one would wear a mask. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. No one would. No one would like be careful about going to the store and making sure they wash their hands when they touch a cart. And no one was sanitizing shopping carts during flu season. <clears throat> no one was making sure you stay distant from, you know. And that's a that's a great that's a great point. I hadn't thought of that. So all those precautions not only are obviously COVID protective, but also influenza generally protective. Yeah, well. absolutely. Yeah. So I think that we'll see a probably the best influenza season we've had in a yeah. while regardless of the strain mm-hmm. of it yeah. but do they at this point do, do they they must know the strain because they're they've already put together the um the vaccine nope so that's why you hear every year that the vaccine was either successful not successful or anything in between because each year they have to kind of I say guess. It's a very educated, sophisticated guess right. about what strain of influenza is likely going to be circulating. So like this past year, let me think, I think the vaccine did a good job with influenza A, I believe. Um, and so it was the right kind of vaccine for influenza A, but it missed B and it could have been vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of what I was seeing in like vaccinated people um, would be um, influenza B, whereas unvaccinated people, you'd see more A. So they have to, they have to guess. And that's why they, you know, the vaccine comes under scrutiny from people who don't understand how it works. Cause they'd be like, Oh, I got the vaccine and I got the flu, you know, which you can, because they have to, you know, just. Right. Guess, right. Essentially. Right. Um, but now that there's a, been a couple of, you know, a little bit of flu circulating this season. Now they'll start to gather more information, but the vaccines there, I mean, the vaccines already, it takes a while to, as you can imagine, as you know, now that what they're doing with the coronavirus vaccine is to, they've already got the system and the FDA, you know, clearance for the influenza vaccine down, but they have to manufacture it new every year. Right. Right. So that's, and that's going to, so my last question related to COVID-19 is, so we, we hear about all the, the, the work going on and testing going on around development of a COVID vaccine and how everything is on such a um, kind of a rushed uh, basis for, for good reason, obviously, Hey, the Russians are already claiming they've, they've, you know, (laughs) got it and are starting to distribute it, but how, how comfortable would you be now? Obviously you're very comfortable getting you and your family um, vaccinated for, for, you know, the, the, the normal flu stuff, right. you know, you're, 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 you're not in the anti, you're not in the anti-vaxxer camp. No, I'm very <laughs> so, much pro, pro vaccine. Pro, pro vaccine. How willing are you going to be to step <laughs> up and be the first one to get the COVID vaccine given uh, the, the, the rush to production potentially. You know, I was talking about this with a friend of mine from medical school. 
um, a couple weeks ago, and we both kind of felt the same way that this was maybe felt like it was happening a little bit too fast. <laughs> like, how can you put together? I mean, I and again, we are not we're not experts in the field. So of course, whatever comes out, I am certain is going to be more safe than it is unsafe. Um, but I, I definitely um, have a little bit of, um, I guess, concern around the vaccine and safety, because it's just it's an expedited everything's been, everything's been done faster, for good reason. I mean, look, look at what we're facing. Um, but definitely faster than in any normal vaccine development. Um, right. And they're, they're, they've said all along that it just to be, you know, to be safe, you just, it takes time it, right. to manifest the exactly. you know, other things. You um, got to do trials and watch the people and for a while. Happens. Right. But the other piece of that is we don't know exactly how successful it will be. So it's too kind of two pronged. Is it safe and is it successful? And I don't think we know the answer to either. Of those either of those at things. this point, you're, you're exactly yeah. right. So yeah, I, I'm my personally. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off just a tad because it's it's so politicized. You know, I there's know. gonna be such such a uh, motivation to you know say okay, first yep. doses are going out November one. Yep, <laughs> so, exactly. Yep. So at any rate, okay. So on to the the, the meat of the subject. Um, yeah, the the the, uh, the the subject we're talking about today is the is is the fact that we all have a weak link in our health span chain. Uh, and the reason uh, this is our, our subject matter this week is I kind of got slapped in the face with that reality mm-hmm. over the past couple of, of weeks. Um, so I'll, I'll just kind of explain my situation. Um, about a month and a half ago now, I uh, felt a little twinge in my upper back, kind of neck area, uh, progressively got worse to the point where um, I was uh, had some numbness in my hands and uh, definitely weakness in my hands and pain uh, down my left arm. wasn't so painful in my back uh, per se, but definitely painful in my shoulder. So after some uh, prednisone and muscle relaxant treatments that um, were ineffective, had an MRI and and sure enough had a herniated disc, a uh, couple of them actually, in my cervical spine, which is my, my neck vertebrae, um, and um, had uh, ended up having uh, what they call microdistectomy uh, last week. So I'm, I'm on, on the road to, to recovery. Um, if, if you'd asked me, you know, prior to a month ago, how healthy are you on a scale of one to 10? I'd say, hey, for my age, I'm like a nine and a half, you know, not mm-hmm. perfect. I got, I got some, um, um, high cholesterol I, I deal with. Um, yeah. and you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, 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 a physical specimen by any means, but I'm pretty, pretty, pretty damn healthy. And I, I just had a, a very comprehensive physical and by yeah. all measures of that, um, I was, I was pretty much green, um, across the board. So yeah, you ran a how many mile trail run? Like eight months ago or something? Well, it, it actually it's, it, it, we're coming up on exactly a year ago. I did a 50 K, which is about right. 32 miles. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I walked about three miles today and I was thinking about that, Nicole, about <laughs> the, the, the irony and, and how difficult it would be because I'm, I'm still in a fair amount of, yeah. fair amount of pain, still on the road to recovery. But, but it just, you know, it so got me thinking that, um, that we really do all have 
a, a weak link when it comes to our health spans. And, and it, it's interesting. It's, if you think about it, that my weak link, I think, was um, behavioral. Not, because some weak links can be genetic. Some can be behavioral. Some can be pure luck, so to speak. Um, I, so I think mine was con- at least partially, if not significantly contributed to by the fact that I've always had kind of lousy posture, a bit of a slouch. Um, and, um, and so I think that that contributed to it, the fact that I haven't conscientiously worked on um, having better, better posture and maybe strengthening some of the muscles that contribute to better posture. What do you, what do you think? Am I on the right track there or maybe with the back strengthening but i don't think slouching i mean i i don't think you're you know that terrible when it comes to posture and i don't think that that had a significant contribution to your um herniated discs honestly well and and the other behavior could have been um since I've been in Maine, we've had project after project, some of them being very strange. Yeah, actually, that's true. <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't think about that when all this started because I just figured it was probably a pinched nerve. Um, and then the medications didn't work. It you know, didn't go away. And then once, once you started having numbness to the hands, that tells you um, when, when it's upper back shoulder kind of pain and then you get numbness and tingling down the the arms and hands that kind of tells you that it's likely um, related to the nerves and probably coming from, you know, the, the vertebral column and the spinal cord. So when you had said that and then weakness, that kind of all kind of transpired in my mind pretty quickly. Um, Then it kind of solidifies it because there's not usually if it's a pinched nerve, it's isolated pain but your hands aren't involved at all. Right. And that's just, or, or a muscle strain, um, that kind of thing. And then people with arthritis, just osteoarthritis, um, that have a lot of, you know, back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain. Um, that usually is not something that just comes on. It's usually someone who's always had, or for forever has had blank, um, pain like yeah i get neck pain i got back pain i got shoulder pain because it's long-standing arthritis because in general osteoarthritis is like wear and tear so you get older the joint space is narrow you get a little bit more bone on bone if you're like a runner your knees will get it you know quicker Mm -hmm. if you're carrying around a lot of extra weight all your joints you know are carrying more weight so they'll they kind of wear down quicker um but that kind of stuff is not something that's just like you wake up one day with it. That's much more gradual onset, which you don't really have. No, um, mine, I could, I could, I remember feeling, yeah. the, I mean, the exact moment it, it happened. And, and I really thought it was just kind of a muscle spasm. Like I've in my upper back, like I've, I've had previously um, mm-hmm. and it would just loosen up with time. And, and like you said, it didn't. And, and ultimately the MRI showed that it was a um, herniated disc between my um, C7 and T1. So the last um, mm-hmm. cervical uh, vertebrae and the first thoracic uh, vertebrae. I bet I, I, I would put money on the um, home improvement projects you've done recently because they haven't been small home improvement projects. You have completely repainted. You've like done stuff with the deck. You put a whole like 
you did landscaping yeah basically so that's what i think um probably contributed to it at least to some to some degree um and over time the disc material that because in between the bony vertebrae is the the disc which has you know kind of like a gel type fluid in it that helps kind of buffer each one but as you age that gets that kind of degenerates on its own naturally and the ligaments weaken naturally so that's that kind of stuff just happens in most everybody regardless but then if you've got an injury or overuse um, or even genetic factors you know play a role I think there's a lot more um, information out there recently that say that there's also a genetic kind of predisposition to some of this kind of stuff yeah I'm I'm not surprised and I tell you the the MRI was was really kind of revealing just just to see it but Mm -hmm. to see it both kind of from the cross-section perspective, as well as the, I don't know, lateral perspective. Um, yep. You can clearly see where the discs are healthy. There's nice wide uh, spaces in between them and then where there's narrowing and then where um, there's bulging of the disc and it's impinging on that, on that um, root, that, that's that, that nerve root that's coming out and feeding, you know, the, uh, the sense uh, to the arms and the hands and yep. whatever. Yep. So, uh, and the thing that worries me a little bit, and this is why I'm no longer going to ignore this weak link in my, in my <laughs> health span chain is um, that there were some other areas of um, that wasn't the only herniation um, of a disc. I think the other one, maybe C6 and C between C6 and C7 or yep. C5 and six, I forget which one, um, and plus some, definitely some, uh, some bone spurs, um, as well. So if, um, you know, and, and having had this experience, I'm, uh, you know, in, in terms of quality of life, it definitely, um, definitely puts a dent mm-hmm. in, in quality of life. Um, so maybe you need to back off on some of the things actually activities or, or alter your <laughs> activity. I will, I will uh, agree with that, that uh, I probably <laughs> um, should not be carrying like uh 60 pound sacks on my shoulders or yeah. what have you. So sometimes when I would talk to you, you tell me you're going for a walk in your neighborhood with like, a weighted backpack that well, that's okay it see i think that's that, that, because that that well we don't want to get into to, I, <laughs> that weight's being carried a lot of it in the hips you know what i mean Not, even though it's over your shoulders oh yeah because if you're wearing a backpack correctly that's why you have that it's it's got that strap around your waist and you tighten yeah. that it's funny i i learned this on my um when i hiked the grand canyon i don't know how many years ago with my brothers the 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 uh guide um, explain that, you know, you, you tighten that, um, that stomach, um, strap, that one that goes around your, your hips and, and tightens at your stomach, um, as tight as you can get it, because yeah. then you're, if you're, if, if the backpack is sized correctly for you and is built properly, then you're carrying that weight, um, you know, essentially with the lower part of your body and all the, your shoulders are doing is keeping it kind of perpendicular or parallel to your spine basically yeah yeah so it's actually not as as bad a a situation so um but i I am also going to do some posture work but let's say for the the, and and this isn't specific obviously this discussion isn't specific to either me or um spine being your weakest link anyway um i'm sure 
in the uh, your clinical experience, you've seen lots of situations where otherwise healthy people um, have a weak link that they haven't paid attention to. And uh, similar to my experience, it comes back and bites them. So just curious if you've got some examples to share. Um, I saw somebody just the other day for their physical and um, he was like a 45, some 45 to 50 year old. Um, and he only comes in usually once a year cause he's otherwise healthy and kind of going through his, um, just general health and wellness history. Like how's your diet and diet was really great exercise level, really, really good sleep. Fantastic. Um, no alcohol, no tobacco, no drugs. Like, so those things right there really set you up for success. Like he's doing really, really well. Um, he may have been on like one or two medications, but nothing significant. Blood pressure was great. Labs are always really good, but I was doing my, um, exam on him and I was like, do you wear sunscreen? (laughs) And he's like, no, because he was like that, like dark brown, red color, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. with sunspots everywhere. Like absolutely everywhere and he's like no and he does landscaping so he's outside a lot um and I was like you know we can do a quick like once over for spots that stick out but I'm like you really need to go to Durham and you really need to wear sunscreen because I promise you if you don't even if you don't have some already you'll have you know skin cancer and usually like the basal cell and squamous cell skin cancers are not a a huge deal you can take them off and you find out about them before they cause any big problems but melanoma on the other hand is not something you want and that's no that can kill you yeah but i'm like with all these other things you're doing so well um please wear some sunscreen (laughs) (laughs) well yeah you've you've and that's such a great example nicole because um so for that person, obviously, their health is, like it was for me, a, a priority. And I, mm-hmm. I certainly uh, don't, wouldn't fall into the category of someone who is lackadaisical about their, their health. But I, I didn't take that next step and say, okay, if something's going to get me, what is, what, what is the most likely thing, given you know, where I'm at? Uh, and, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure I would have fallen on, okay, back issue, but you right. know, in retrospect, that, just to think about, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think for you, I would probably think about like heart stuff, just given your family history. So, right. But, I'm, but I would say give the combination of taking the statin and yeah. good yeah. cardiovascular work and watching those lipids and, and yeah. profiles and, um, eating my, you know, I, I take my omega, is it omega three is the good fatty acid. Yeah. I take that supplement and whatever. So, um, you know, where if you're looking at where's the blind spot, I right. wouldn't necessarily right. say that. So, um, you know, and certainly in terms of, you know, our behavior, we want to focus on where the risk is highest, which you're exactly right from a family history perspective. It's, it's definitely cardiovascular, but once I, yeah. once I, check that off then i say okay what else is likely to to catch me from a from a health span perspective at least it's on the that's on the the uh the, the radar so to speak. right yeah uh, because it's so easy to develop blind spots around yeah. this stuff because particularly maybe um for for folks like me who generally 
I would say, take pretty good care of ourselves, um, that you almost get um, complacent and say, and you're Mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm, you know, I got it covered. (laughs) Right. Like you can't ignore certain things. Um, A lot of people, it's sleep. A lot of people, they've got a lot of things going for them. They're, they're taking care of their diet. They're trying to get exercise and all that stuff. But sleep is just, sleep is a really common one that people struggle with. Yeah. Really common. Yeah, I tell you, the, the um, my my sleep over the past week or so has been just terrible. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back on track. Well, actually, and I'm um, one of the things that came out. I don't think I told you this. One of the things that came out of my uh, physical was um, the need to to go through a sleep study. Really? Yep. 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 Um, Why? Well, I've been accused of snoring. And oh. and maybe having some apnea, uh, it's unconfirmed from my perspective. But, <laughs> but unless my <laughs> wife is lying to me, then it's probably true. Uh, and um, and I do get tired during the day. You know, even if I get mm-hmm. a fairly decent amount of sleep, um, I can always nap during the during yeah. the day. So those are those those are telltale signs. So yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with that once I kind of get past this little little thing so we'll we'll see um but i think so so from again I, i'm curious from your your clinical perspective that from your clinical perspective how willing are people to like this landscaper guy to to kind of look beyond um the fact that he's generally good health and actually um take your advice um and and do something about it well it all is you know depends on what it is because if all of these health and lifestyle changes were easy then everyone would be healthy i think that putting on sunscreen when you go outside is one that more people would do than not do but changing a really crappy diet is a lot harder um and going from sedentary to regular exercise is a lot harder um so it's kind of, I think it's, it's a little bit relative, you know, so, right, right. but it's also habit. So people are, are kind of stuck in habits and, um, it's, and it depends on the individual person. A lot of people just think that they're a little bit invincible or they just don't, um, if they don't feel the effect of something, then it's not really there which is the problem like with diabetes. If you have poorly controlled diabetes, you don't really feel that until it causes a big problem. Until it manifests in a problem. Yeah. And, and I guess it, it also is, it, it, I think could be helpful to say, okay, what behaviors, uh, am, you know, are, are not optimal for me? What genetics aren't optimal for me? And then after, because those are the, those are the things you, that are on the radar, the luck thing, you know, the, the third thing that, that I mentioned in terms of, of what can, you know, kind of set you up for a, for a hit. Um, that's a little tougher to, you know, that's a little tougher mm-hmm. to, to identify. For example, if I just, if I all of a sudden came down with some sort of, um, you know, God forbid cancer, that would be from my perspective, a, a, a kind of a bad luck scenario. You know, it's not, yeah. not something, right. not something genetic or behavioral that I could that's point right. to right now that said yeah. that puts me yeah. at higher risk for that. Right. So, Oh, I got you. Well, I guess the bottom line here um, is that to, uh, to 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 at least at at, at some point, and and when you have your physical, probably not a bad a bad point in time 
to ask um, yourself, okay, what's what's potentially my weakest link, and mm-hmm. uh, and and put a plan around it. So yep. that's what I'm gonna do. So what's your weakest link, Nicole? I I I've, I've bared my soul on this, on this show. <laughs> what's what's if you're gonna be honest with you? What's you're you're pretty darn healthy, obviously. So what's what's gonna get you if you're not if you're not careful? Um, I think I've said this before. Probably I could sleep more because I've got two little kids and yes. they don't sleep through the night and I don't go to sleep early enough because I don't always put my phone down. So that's bad. Um, and then um, artificial sweetener in my coffee and in a, usually a Diet Coke. Yes. Once I'm glad you mentioned that because I just read an article or started to read an article. didn't even get all the way through it around some new studies on the effect of artificial sweeteners. So yeah. that, that will be our next, <laughs> that will be our next podcast. Um, and, and it won't take that as long as it did for this one um, to come up and then um, we'll dig into that research and see if we can convince you to give up the diet Coke. Oh, <laughs> Deal. Yeah. This is going to make me lose more sleep. Oh no, 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 no. It's, it's all, <laughs> it's all for the best. All for the best. Okay, Nicole. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, covering out some time of your busy day and enjoy yeah. the rest of your weekend. You too. Okay. Love you. Cover well. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening. You can visit the doctorandad.com. That's spelled T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for show notes to any of our podcasts, as well as other useful info on extending health span. Now the legal disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. And no doctor-patient relationship is formed. Use of this information in show notes is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should not, should not disregard or delay taking medical advice or treatment for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their medical professional for any such conditions. We also want you to know that we take no funding from any product or service that may be mentioned on the Doctor and Dad podcast.